Welcome to the Lead with Levity podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Walker, and I feel well. I hope you feel well as well. I hope you're safe. I know that the stores are are not stocked. <laughs> There's not a lot on the shelves. We're at home. We're trying to figure this out together, but um, we're going to get through this. So today's topic is all about bringing a family feel to the workplace. Now, companies that are able to show that they care on a deeper level are going to have, they're going to have staff who are just more loyal to them, who are more committed, more engaged. Um, At the end of the day, people are going to see not just how you responded, but they're going to have a feeling about it. And you want them at the end of the day to feel like you cared. And something that I've I've been seeing uh, come up now is I'm seeing really big discrepancies between how different leaders uh, across the globe are handling this situation. Some leaders are jumping and they're like, this is my time to shine, I'm ready. We're, We're gonna do this, 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 and this. We've got you, we're gonna pay for this. I just found out that Facebook is actually extending several benefits and privileges to their employees. Um, they're, they're doing a lot of giving at this time. Some employers aren't able to do that. Some are like, you know, you need to work. You need to get in here and you need to do this. And some are saying, well, you have to go home. But while you're there, you need to be logged in at all times. I need to look at your video cam. I need to know that you are there at all times. And, you know, being able to see people face to face is important. Yes. But forcing people to have a video cam on for eight hours so that you can watch their kids and their cats and everybody else walk by, that is ridiculous. That's redonkulous, y'all. So please, if you're doing any of that, (laughs) managers, stop that right now. Um, All right, so today's topic is all about family feel. I'm excited about this topic because it's really important to the model. And the guest that I have today is Dr. Dave Schramm. He is an assistant professor and family life extension specialist, which I plan to ask him, what is that? And he serves on the state of Utah's Commission on Marriage, and he also appears monthly on Fox 13's The Place. Now, you can even find Dr. Dave, as he likes to refer to himself, on uh, TED Talks. So I recently found out about him through one of his recent TED Talks, Family Fundamentals, The Secret Sauce to Booming Business. Um, So that's really good. I encourage you to check it out, and I'll make sure to have a link to it in the show notes as well as his Facebook page, Dr. Dave USU. So he's an international speaker and his work centers on promoting happy and healthy relationships. And I'm excited to have this conversation with him today. As uh, you know, we talk about how can we continue to foster a good work environment, even if we don't have any control over that environment? How can we ensure that we still maintain good quality connections with employees and leadership and our our customers and clients. So stay tuned, check out a highlight from today's episode, and then we'll get into it. It's time for a sneak peek. 
sneak peek, sneak peek. And th- think about a referee. So now a purpose of a, of a referee in a basketball game, when someone uh, commits a foul or um, breaks one of the rules, they blow the whistle and they stop things. But now the referee does not go up and just start to berate and let into the player. You can't travel. You can't take three steps. What do you think you're doing? Right? That's not a referee's role. A referee is actually his role is to make sure that the players are safe and to get the game going as quickly and as safely as they can. And now on with the show. I'm Dr. Heather Walker, and this is Lead with Levity. I help leaders create awesome work environments where communication is light, enjoyable, and uplifting. I shed light on the power of levity at work. Imagine just how much you can get done in that kind of environment. Come explore with me. Welcome back to the Lead with Levity podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Heather Walker, and I hope you took my advice from last time that you found a way to soothe your inner eight-year-old. I know I did, and I'm feeling so much better right now. So today, we're going to shift focus a little bit, and we're going to talk about how you can bring a family feel into the work environment. And with me today, I have our expert, Dr. Dave Shram. Did I say that correctly? Yep. Yep. That is, that's Dave Shram. And people call me Dr. Dave. Dr. Dave. See, he's, he's already super cool. Y'all you're in for a treat. Um, so Dr. Dave is an international speaker. He's a professor at Utah state university, and he also has a few Ted talks that I hope you will go check out. All right. Well, welcome to the show, Dr. Dave. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Dr. Walker. It's, it's great to be on with you. Thank you. Thank you. So can you tell me a little bit about what what is a family life extension specialist? That sounds pretty deep. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's probably a little <laughs> bit unique, right? Especially for a business world. And I admit right up front, Heather, I've never taught a business class, right? I My background is I'm a family scholar and it's different than a marriage family therapist. And so that's often confused. I actually um, have a PhD in human development and family studies from Auburn University. And so as a family scholar, I, um, I study what makes for strong families. And my area is really strong couple relationships, strong parent-child relationships, and then personal well-being, uh, happiness and well-being. And so as an extension specialist, specifically, I get to take the research in this area, not only conduct the research, look at the research, and then I develop programs and deliver them to to Utahns and others across the country and across the world. So I, I love, I get to be, use my creativity and, uh, and develop and help teach others what makes for happy, healthy relationships. Hmm. So I think this is going to lead a little bit into your story probably, but I'm wondering how does this connect to business? Uh, yes. Yeah. So it, it's kind of funny, actually. I, I'm driving down the, the freeway um, here in Utah and I travel quite a bit and do some speaking and I, I was traveling down the freeway and I looked up and I saw some billboards and it was interesting, the message that they saw, and it was multiple billboards. Actually, I shouldn't have done this, but I actually took pictures of some of these billboards as I'm, as I'm driving because I thought, this is interesting. I saw billboards <laughs> from banks and car dealerships and furniture stores that had messages 
that, that really hit me as a family scholar, they said things like, welcome to the family. Another one said, welcome mm-hmm. home. And one in huge letters, car dealership, all it said was two words. And it just said, think family. I thought, well, that, that's interesting. You don't see that all the day. And, and so I thought, huh, why are businesses using family in, in marketing messages? And that's what really kind of got me thinking about um, how these, the area, the worlds of business and family, how they merge. Because when we're born into this life, we have essentially three uh, fundamental human needs for surviving and thriving in this life. And they are safety, uh, physical, right? Physical as well as emotional, kind of the psychological safety, uh, as well as satisfaction. That's the second need we all have. And the third need is connection. We're all born with this longing for belonging, this craving for connection with other people. And so it was this kind of this experience of seeing these billboards and thinking, oh, interesting, I wonder if these businesses they can help meet these three human needs that families have been meeting for right, thousands of years. And now businesses seem to be catching on. And, uh, and that's what led to my, my study of the, I study the top 346 best places to work in the United States. So that kind of sets things up as to how these two fields merge a little bit. Mm. So when you bring up those three things, psychological safety or even physical safety, satisfaction, connection, I completely identify with that. And of of course, it's true. Um, But, you know, in polite society, we have conditioned ourselves to think that there are all of these other things that are needs (laughs) that are so important. But in times like these, it really we really do come back to, oh, I want to be safe. I need to be at home. Oh, I want to be connected. I'm seeing people, even though they're in social isolation right now, they're putting up the best videos online (laughs) and they're still doing everything that they can to be connected. You know, artists are singing duets and, um, you know, washing their hands and singing about that. And it's really interesting to me how creative people are getting uh, just to maintain connection and, and that fun and still have a good time, even though they're in a situation that maybe they couldn't have even imagined being in just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, isn't it interesting, Heather? I, I've noticed the same thing as well. These, these three needs, right? And it came down right. to these three safety satisfied doing some fun things still and creating some normalcy and then connection and the creativity with connection because social distancing we hear this right it does does not right. necessarily mean social social isolation and i can't reach out, i can't do anything right it's zero contact maybe physical contact but but like this right you can use so much technologies and and seeing you can reach out to family members and skype i even recommend reaching um out to your ancestors through connecting oh. through family history, right? Ancestry. And I see all these commercials and saying, hey, now reach out both ways, right? Both directions. Those who passed on, those that you have in family. Um, and and it's, it's the opposite of paralyzing. And that's what often happens when those three needs go unmet. I don't feel safe. There's nothing fun. I'm so bored. And there's no one to reach mm-hmm. out and talk to. It's this crippling, this fear, this paralyzing. So we need, especially right now, we need to reach out and, and connect connect with other and do fun things that make us laugh and smile. It's okay to, to laugh and smile. It Exactly. I think it definitely relieves some of that pressure and tension because if you let all of that build up, what are you going to get? 
you're you're gonna get high blood pressure (laughs) you're gonna get insomnia (laughs) and so yeah we have to do everything that we can to stay healthy and happy in these times um, and to allow other people to do that as well so that brings me into this this ted talk that you had uh recently um maybe a few weeks ago i think it came out yeah, 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 I gave it in January in Florida um, of this year, and uh, yeah, it just came out a few weeks ago. That's awesome. So I, I think that TED Talk was about, uh, you mentioned, I think it was Family Fundamentals, the secret sauce to a booming business. And you talked about how organizations need to adopt family values and family fundamentals. What do you mean by that? Yeah, it, it was funny as I as I took a look at um, the top workplaces. So I was curious, you know, all these ideas, okay, the needs, the billboards, and I thought I'm going to study. I'm going to look at Inc.com puts out this this in the last for the last few years of the top workplaces in the United States. And so I was curious. So in, in 2019, I decided, okay, I'm going to look at this. I'm going to do a little research on this, and they had, they came up with um, 346 best places to work in the United States. And so I, I looked at all their data and they, they each had each of these workplaces, they had 100 words to describe why we think we're a great place to work. And so I analyzed each of their 100 word summaries. I looked for word themes, a word analysis, and it was amazing. The top 15 most frequently used words, they aligned precisely with these same three fundamental needs for, for human flourishing. They used the top two words were team and culture. They dominated their descriptions. And the ninth most frequently used word was family. So I thought, this is interesting. So, so it's these family values. So what do I mean by, by family values? I, we look at the research. There are some things that we know, okay, what makes for a strong family? And it's things such as trust. That's foundationally, right? Strong families, they have trust. They feel valued and recognized, appreciated. There's um, gratitude, frequent expressions of gratitude, very specific um, expressions of gratitude, um, kindness. There's celebrations. And all these things that I've just talked about, and there's more, are the same things that are found in these thriving businesses. There's appreciation, there's kindness, recognition. Mm-hmm. Families hold family councils. They talk about issues, struggles, and some things. And same with workplaces. They, okay, you know, some things have gone on. Let's talk about this. Let's be open about this. So that's what I talk about with, with family values. It's it's kindness, respect, gratitude. Um, but still, this family councils, uh, feeling, even acceptance and forgiveness, and that those are same types of values that are found in the very best place, places to work. It's the same values that are happening in my area of study in family science. Hmm. So if you were to highlight maybe one or two companies that are really doing a great job at creating a sense of family, you know, it just you've been all around the world. Can you can you think of one or two? No, it- uh, some of the obvious ones, you know, they come out, right? Google has their, mm-hmm. um, when they talk about their um, chief officer of happiness, for example, they actually have that that's responsible for happiness and looking at all this. And, and I visited some, some of these um, 346 best places to work. I've traveled and visited some of these places. One in particular really st- um, stands out to me. And that is, um, it's a company actually that's that's near where I live here in Utah. And the name is Maloof. And they do bedding and mattresses. And you think, well, what does that have to do? 
but the, the way that they run that is amazing. And yes, you know, they have uh, the, the little th- the things like, you know, heated toilet seats and breakfast bar in the morning and, and some of the, you know, they've got a barber shop that's ah. right there. But I don't think, I think those are nice perks and that meets the need for satisfaction, right? So there's the safety and they feel safe and uh, the relationships and I can pay my bills. And so there's that, there's the satisfaction. They provide lunches and, and just wonderful perks, Mm-hmm. But beyond that, many people provide perks, a ping pong table, you know, all, all the kinds of stuff people are providing perks. But perks will eventually wear off or we get used to them, right? Research knows right. this hedonic adaptation. We get used to whatever is around us. But really what stood out most to me that I observed was the connection. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the head of HR, he knew, I know there's over 400 employees at this location. He knew every single one by first name. He's giving it wow. you know, fist bumps and high fives at lunchtime as I'm sitting down. He's patting people on the back. They're laughing, goofing around. Um, so they're able to have fun and enjoyable times. But wow, I mean, they work. This is a hugely successful business. But it stems from this feeling of, of, of family, right, that, that is there. And I looked, kind of looked down the list of what makes a strong family. I looked at Maloof. Oh, I mean, they're nailing it. They're nailing these these mm-hmm. three needs and beyond. And I think... It's the little things. It's the little text. And I know right there, their CEO, he sends out a text on employees one year anniversary, thanking them wow. for being part of the team. And it's just on his little schedule and reminds him, okay, yeah, I'm going to reach out to this person. Thanks so much for what you're doing. It's so great to have you. You know, happy one year anniversary. They do celebrations. Uh, so it's this, people love going to work there. It's a, a fun place. And then they're more productive because when people are having fun and enjoyable, they'll work their tails off. We have when they're experiencing That's gratitude. very true. That's very true. And they're more loyal to you as well. Yes. So, yeah, I, I love that, that Maloof has found ways to personalize those connections um, and that their management team has actually engaged in it because oftentimes, you know, they'll set something in place for you, the people, <laughs> but they're not necessarily going to go out there and, and, play themselves. And it's wonderful that, you know, the manager could say, okay, here's my keyboard. I'm going to, I'm going to shake all the crumbs out of it and I'm going to go eat lunch with you. (laughs) I'm going to actually spend some time with you. I'm going to play ping pong at that ping pong table with you. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. It's that, that personal connection, that personal touch. I, I remember seeing, um, yeah, there was one study that came out that showed that when people felt recognized for their work, they did, they did, this came out of Berkeley, uh, university of Berkeley, when they felt recognized for the work they did, they were 23% more effective and productive. But what's even more astonishing is that when people felt valued and cared for their productivity and effectiveness, uh, effectiveness experienced a 43% increase and so I think that's interesting, feeling recognized and valued and say, hey, good job, team. This is very important. That that does give a boost, but it's a little bit more, 43% when they feel valued and cared for. Like I'm contributing mm. as, as a team and I feel, you know, personally, you guys, this project was so helpful. Thank you. And so recognized, but above that is feeling uh, cared for care for don't right, right. don't make them feel loved love them right there's there's a difference and yeah our people they they feel appreciated appreciate them express gratitude right do they do they really yeah, yeah right yeah what is <laughs> I, it? I know you you got a 4.8 on that five point scale but uh do, do they really <laughs> yeah. yeah that's awesome so so what does family focused leadership look like then if you could if you could kind of sum it up like, are there certain 
aspects to it? Or is there something that an individual who's leading may need to work on to get to that point? Yeah, yeah, a great question. I think first and foremost, a family-focused leader, and this may sound contrary to what we're talking about, is focused um, on themselves, okay, but don't take this wrong, but they're actually taking care of themselves. And what I mean by that is, is the, the fundamental of this. Imagine a little pyramid, and at the bottom is kind of this care for self. You know, if I how the three big ones, sleep, right, exercise, am I moving, and diet, look at those three things. And if that's, if that's not foundational, fundamental, it's going to spill over into, into my family and my work life. If things are not going well personally. So making sure that I'm take I'm doing things personally and then imagine on this pyramid. So that's on the bottom and then connection above that is direction. And at the top is correction. And so mm-hmm. it's this kind of family focus. So connection before correction. Is that if that makes sense? Make sure that I'm connected. Make sure that I'm doing things well first for myself. And here are some specifics. I'll, I'll lay some of these out. Listening, humility, and listening, being truly open. I remember talking with someone. They say, "Okay, you know, in this, any questions? You ask any questions to management. What questions do you have?" And and one person kind of gave his opinion about something. Two weeks later, that person was fired for for mm. kind of just voicing what they what they thought and some suggestions. I thought, wow, that, what that makes everyone else do is like, mm, zip up. I'm not going to share anything. Yeah, if it doesn't feel safe, kind of come back to one of those needs. But genuine leader, family-focused leader is, is humble. They are positive. They have compassion. They see things from another person's perspective. Well, I, th- I think one of the analogies that I like, one of these metaphors of a family-focused leader is they play at least three roles. And I'm a big sports guy. So, so picture basketball for a minute. Basketball, there's a referee. Sometimes the leader needs to play the role of a coach. And sometimes they need to play the fan in the stands, if that makes sense. And, th- and think about a referee. So now a purpose of a, of a referee in a basketball game, when someone uh, commits a foul or uh, breaks one of the rules – they blow the whistle and they stop things. But now the referee does not go up and just start to berate and let into the player. You can't travel. You can't take three steps. What do you think you're doing? Right? That's not a referee's role. A referee is actually his role is to make sure that the players are safe and to get the game going as quickly and as safely as they can. So they blow the whistle. You bring it out of bounds. Okay, let's get that, let's get that game rolling fast again. So uh, the uh, uh, role of a coach is to do a lot of teaching, a lot of training, a lot of um, encouraging but also to fix the mistakes. Maybe you need to sit on the bench for a minute because your, your, your tempers are flaring or whatever. So that's the role of a coach. But hopefully a lot of time a family-focused leader will play the role of the fan in the stands. And that is a lot of encouragement, a lot of recognition. It's a lot of feeling mm-hmm. valued and cared for. But a family-focused leader knows how to balance those three roles. Sometimes, yeah, they have to play the role of the referee, but doing so without berating the person, the individual. Mm-hmm. One of the worst things that they can do that, that breaks trust and respect is yeah, letting into someone. And yet, yeah, mistakes will be made, and up at the top of that, there is correction that needs to be made. But it's the tone, how it's delivered, the manner it's delivered will affect completely the relationship. So I like that a lot of coaching, a lot of encouraging from the fan, and occasionally the the role of referee is what a family-focused leader can do. That's really interesting. I thought you were going to go in a different direction because when I heard that that sort of hierarchy, so take care of yourself, connect, direct, correct, I thought about how that links to uh, 
a true family, you know, and um, I may lose some listeners over this, but it's okay. Bear with me, y'all. Bear with me. So, so we made a decision at some point very early on that we were not going to spank our daughter. And I have a five-year-old right now who will tell you, I'm five and a half and I'm about to be six. And we love her dearly. And we decided we're not going to spank her because there's so much research out there on how how that kind of cuts. If you haven't connected with your child first before you correct, there are lots of different ways that you can correct. But if you correct with spanking, you may be actually creating a, a sense of, of uh, mistrust um, also, also, you know, hurting that, that psychological safety because you're supposed to be that safe person for them, but you hit them. So now there's this disconnect and, um, you know, I, I don't know about y'all. I grew up in a spanking heavy environment. So for us, what do you do when you get spanked? Well, you just get better about hiding it next time you get better about not telling people when you make mistakes, you just get better about going underground with any bad behavior. So we didn't want to do that. We wanted to make sure that at every opportunity, we would maintain that connection so that when when things get really tough and when she needs to talk to us, she actually wants to talk to us. And it's not because she's in prison or something and we're her one phone call. <laughs> so I, I, I when this totally resonates with me because you're right, you do have to make sure that you have a baseline relationship before you move into correction. Otherwise, yeah, you're going to get compliance but you're not going to get any long-term sustained mental and emotional change, if that makes sense. Oh, man, Heather, I'm just nodding away here at everything you're saying because <laughs> you just nailed it. This, it's family science this is where it originated. And you can transform these principles of family science into workplace dynamics. That's what the best workplaces are doing. They've discovered this kind of secret sauce and you actually nailed it, right? Regardless of the type of correction and direction, if you don't have a connection first, and if you do, then people will be more open to your direction and correction when needed, but connection first in, in parent right. relationships and work relationships, work on building the connection. That's awesome. So um, in times like this, like these, I guess, uh, we're going through a lot right now globally. And a lot of companies have employee assistance programs. They have, um, they're starting to expand benefits. And you probably know where I'm going with this question. But you mentioned on your last TED Talk that people should start thinking about something called an employee flourish program. Can you can you describe that? What what does that look like, especially for a company that maybe is still in that standard employee assistance program? What's the difference between the two? Yeah, good. I'm, I'm glad you asked that because that's one of the keys, I think, to what we're talking about here. An employee assistance program, and that does it. It fills a need, and it's primarily there when things go wrong when seriously things go wrong. It's almost like the dentist, right? I go to the dentist, maybe when I have, I have got a toothache or something wrong, then I go. An employee flourishing program, rather than what I do when things go wrong, it's all about how do I help things go right? Those are two separate questions. And so, yes, maybe if I'm really struggling with a mental health or I need a counselor or something that's there, I go there. 
But if there are other areas of your life that you need help flourishing in, maybe, maybe I'm struggling with my teenager, but I don't feel like I need a counselor. But I just need some trusted information, some research, good information on family. Maybe it's finances, maybe fitness or diet or exercise or all these other life areas in our personal lives. That's what I see an employee flourishing program is that the employee employers can say, Hey, we want to help you not only when things get really rotten, but it's more of prevention. It's the brushing and flossing right. every day of right. videos and some guide sheets and some information, some online classes, courses that you can take to help you with the everyday areas of your life. So it sounds like it's the difference between being kind of uh, reactive versus proactive. Exactly. With employee wellness. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. Not to spoil the whole thing, but, and don't worry y'all, this doesn't spoil the whole TED talk. So go listen to the TED talk. You, you mentioned, you know, wanting to make sure that people are thinking about what they would miss if they were to pass away, who they would miss, what they would miss, all of that. And it's very interesting to me. It was a very interesting question because it does kind of, from a business perspective, you definitely want loyal employees. You want engaged employees. You want employees to feel cared for, right? Well, let me take that back. Not everyone wants their employees to feel cared for, but they want their employees to be productive. So I'll, I'll speak to you business people. You want your employees to be productive. And in order for them to be productive, they need all of these other things because they're people. They're not robots. Um, and so I, I, I love that you brought up that question because it it does sort of encourage businesses to start to think about, you know, I, I don't want them to leave this organization. I want them to stay here. I want them to stick around. And what do I need to do to make that happen? And you're right. If, if you're able to create this family feel, that's, that's how you do it. People don't want to necessarily, they don't want to leave good families. They love their families. They want to stick around. They want to stay. They want to, they want to do everything they can for their families. So I, I thought that that was just a brilliant question. Thank you for bringing that up and adding that to your presentation. Yeah. Yeah. It just kind of sets the tone for that research, but what matters most if you're, if you're to die tomorrow, right. Or what, what's life all about to you? Most people say it's family. Um, and with the second point you made, there's a study that showed that 81, 81% of people said that they would work harder for a grateful boss. 35% report never being thanked by a manager. I think that's sad, but it goes to show mm -hmm. that when employers and leaders will care about what their employees care about and what do their employees care about? Of course, a paycheck, right? Safety, satisfaction, and connection. If they realize that the most important thing to their employees is not their job, it's their family and invest in your employees, invest in their families and show that you care and concerned about what they're cared and concerned about. Yeah, those employees will, will be loyal. They'll work hard. You'll get the very best out of them when you care what means the most for them. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing. So if, if anyone wants to get in contact with you, if they want to um, learn a little bit more about family science and how it applies to business, how can they find you? Yeah, they can find me a, a few places. So I've got a website. It's drdaveshram.com. That's one of the places. I've actually launched one of these employee flourishing um, programs, one of these websites. They can feel free to go on, check out. I'll give them 14 days for free um, to check out all the resources that are there. And the website for that is lifejourneyon.com 
www.lifejourneyon.com, lifejourneyon.com. They can get a hold of me there. They can check out the website, what we offer. Uh, a new course comes out every Monday. There's over 300 courses, thousands of videos, all kinds of, of training that they can get there. So they can get a hold of me there. LinkedIn, yeah, so they can find me and, and get a hold of me, and I'd love to, to chat with them. All right. Thank you. And y'all, please check out the show notes for links to all of that. Thank you, Dr. Dave. I really do appreciate your time today. Oh, thanks so much, Heather. This has been great. Thanks for listening to the Lead with Levity podcast. Go to www.leadwithlevity.com to access show notes and other resources.